I'm London Mitchell, and we are staying in contact. Those who have been listening to my interviews over the years know I love to talk about the history of the greater Toledo area and Northwest Ohio, and some of my favorite interviews have been with authors who write about our history. I recently reconnected with one of these authors, David Rohr, the author of The United States of Ohio. Before we get into the book, I asked Dave why he is so interested in local history and what motivated him to write The United States of Ohio. In some instances, I was surprised that Ohio was spoken of somewhat dismissively as, well, kind of a you know, a Midwestern, nothing ever happens, uh, flat, flat, fair, but unexciting place. (laughs) And uh, I, I didn't quite get that because, um, you know, when I was here, or when I was in Ohio, and I was a younger person, and it's where Neil Armstrong and John Glenn were from. And where the Wright brothers had invented aviation and uh, was the state that gave the rest of the union eight presidents uh, and Eddie Rickenbacker. <laughs> so, uh, it, it, it uh, you know, it, it just occurred to me that people are missing a lot about the state and how it, uh, it grew. It was once the, I think, second, third largest state in terms of population. Uh, it's always been a, an electoral uh, linchpin for anybody running for president. And I, I thought that perhaps, you know, people might be interested in that sort of thing. And so I actually, I think I mentioned this last time you and I talked, uh, I actually was uh, kind of motivated to write it, not necessarily for people from Ohio, but for people who weren't from Ohio, although the people from Ohio have, have probably bought it in much larger number. I guess there's still a, a sense of state patriotism there. Um, so that was, I guess, so I guess that was the motivation that, you know, you're missing a, you're missing a big picture when you uh, kind of dismiss Ohio as uh, flat, fair, and unexciting. Uh, so for those of us who, who might challenge you and say, well, it's Ohio, you know, especially in Toledo, you know, the, the people that are the naysayers are the people that were actually born here and right. don't really appreciate the community. But for you, what is it that that uh, you found exceptionally uh, interesting, exciting things you didn't know about Ohio when you did research for the book? So, you know, there are things that are somewhat obvious. I didn't know what Ohio's... Uh, I guess significance is a a port or shipping location. Uh, you know, some you can uh, spill a glass of water somewhere in the middle of the state. I think I forget where it is. I don't know somewhere around Delaware or Marion or Upper Sandusky, and there, there's an equal chance that that water will either run uh, via the St. Lawrence to the Atlantic or via the Ohio and then the Mississippi to. Uh, to uh, the Gulf of Mexico, and and uh, the 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 number of the the miles of coastline, or when you consider the Ohio River and Lake Erie, we have an enormous number of coastal miles, 
in the state, which is kind of uh, overlooked and you wouldn't expect it. But it's a relatively little small uh, kind of heart shaped, supposedly st state, uh, but it has a lot of coastline and a lot of a lot of shipping goes via the Ohio River and obviously via the seaway. Uh, I think, you know, the port of Cleveland and the port of uh, Toledo are both fairly significant in terms of volume. That was something I didn't know, I think, or I didn't, you know, it should be apparent to people, but it's just something we overlook, right? Uh, other things that kind of, uh, I, I, I didn't know the, uh, you know, there, there's a lot of history uh, in terms of people having inhabited Ohio for, I think, uh, 16,000 years now, going back to some of the native tribes that were here. Uh, we know about the mounds down in south uh, southeastern Ohio, and those were really very sophisticated uh, settlements, communities, and, and as I say, they go back. I, I don't quote me on this, but um, way, way to the point of where, you know, glaciers were still encroaching over the north half of the state, northern part of the state. So, uh, and, and uh, so that, that, that was fairly interesting. I've, I've since the book have learned uh, more about the black swamp, right? Uh, and th this isn't something you'll find in the book, but you know, the, how, Lake Erie was, was referred, you know, it wasn't called anything back then, but it was, uh, there, there's a reference to, I think it's called Lake Maumee, uh, <laughs> when, where, when it literally went from about where it is on the east, but all the way over covering the eastern part of Indiana and, and the, the Black Swamp. So, and that's something that, you know, as I say, I'm there, there, there are things that uh, I'm, I'm still learning, uh, but uh, the, the, so there's all, there's all kinds of stuff. And, you know, this is, this is just a little, I think a little bit of a, you know, a, a kind of a, I guess, sampler thing. Um, I'm toying with, I'm, I'm working on, uh, I should, I don't know if I want to a book that kind of focuses more uh, on the Toledo area in a specific year. And uh, uh, that is the year of 1969. And uh, you may ask why, why, why do you want to focus on Toledo in 1969? Well, I got to save some of that. Uh, <laughs> but, but uh, so the, but the late, the late mommy reference will probably come into that at some point. I'm London Mitchell. This week we are talking with David Rohr, author of The United States of Ohio. You took all these facts in, in a way that discusses the influence Ohio had on the mm -hmm. rest of the nation. Right. Uh, for example, Ohio almost always picks the guy that becomes president. We have had more presidents come from Ohio than any other state. And they had to have brought with them the, uh, can I say, values that Ohio stresses. Yeah, I'd say that's somewhat accurate. Uh, one of the things that I always maintained is that the, the Ohio presidents... In fact, I found I found some other, some other researchers have kind of backed this up with 
remarks, and I've read articles about it that that, caught, that talk about an Ohio accent, uh, kind of the, the the Midlands accent that extends from Ohio out through Nebraska, California, all the way to California. I can remember going when I went to school in in Ottawa Hills. We'd occasionally get kids that would move in from other parts of the country and you know it was always fun if they if they were from new jersey or the south to make fun of their accents like kids do <laughs> and i i a couple a couple kids that later became uh i later became good friends with moved from the san francisco area and they didn't have any they talked like they were from ohio you know they didn't have any accents and i was i was sort of intrigued by that as a kid but uh, so what this somewhat goes back to the presidents, though, and that Ohio uh, became a very phonetic state uh, in terms of words should be pronounced somewhat the way they look, right? Which is always a mystery of English. They, if you pronounced every word the way it looked, uh, we'd have some rather strange pronunciations, right? Like. Uh, the the night the knights of the round table would be the knichts of the round <laughs> table or something like that. But uh, I think what they got from listening, Benjamin Harrison is the first president that was ever recorded. So he was he was president in the 1880s, and I don't know if he was recorded after he'd been president, but or not. But he he was the first recorded presidents going back the furthest president's voice uh and he was phonetic and then so was uh mckinley was not so phonetic he he uh he kind of had which is interesting because he was from niles uh over near i think warren uh, ohio and he he spoke with kind of a uh mid mid east coast accent and which who's a good who's a good example of that kind of accent i had a friend that used to make call it westport lockjaw uh well you know william f buckley's voice right mm -hmm. yeah that so that was that kind of that kind of accent uh catherine hepburn william f buckley uh those kind of people kind of had that and it's really died away, even in where it was kind of situated now. And I was able to find some McKinley audio. This is from a campaign speech in 1896. Listen closely. Recent and imposed upon the patriotic people of this country, inability and a duty greater than that of any since the Civil War. Then it was a struggle to preserve the government of the United States. Now it is a struggle to preserve the financial honor of the government. Uh, McKinley had that accent, and then, but then after him, all the other Ohio presidents that were becoming more, more and more and more and more broadcast all the way through Harding, uh, were, uh, you know, back then we didn't have everybody, you know, so many, so many broadcast outlets, podcasts, so much. Uh, content and so uh the a president's voice was an early influencer of other people's method of speaking and uh i know this isn't a values thing it's more of a 
kind of a cultural phenomenon, but people listened to the way the president spoke and they realized that they pronounced their R's, you know, uh, and uh, uh, they, 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 they continued to, uh, you know, pick up on the way president spoke. And so, you know, while some of the accents, regional accents in Boston and New Jersey and the South, you know, remain strong, there's a huge swath of us that have kind of a neutral accent. And I kind of somewhat credit Ohio with that. Uh, in terms of values, I, I, you know, I guess there is a, a kind of an industriousness that um, people, uh, or that was well-established in Ohio before, you know, when the, when the rest of the country was uh, still so largely agricultural. I mean, a lot of companies came from the East to Ohio to, uh, you know, find cheap labor. That's why com companies move for cheap labor. Well, at one point in time, it was in Ohio. Uh, the glass companies came to Toledo, right? Because there was all that sand. There was sand and cheap labor. <laughs> So, but yeah, there was so there was an industriousness and, an, and a, uh, an industrial base that established, you know, in those late 1800s, early 1900s. David Rohr, the author of United States of Ohio, his book is available in local bookstores on Amazon and from the Ohio State University Press. More with Dave next week. So please join us again at the same time when we will again be staying in contact.